106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. Our lady of blessed acceleration, don't fail me now. It's time for Drive Radio, presented by Colorado Select Auto Care Centers. Whether you need help diagnosing a problem. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to have them answered immediately. Or just want to learn about all things automotive. Hey, how exactly does a positive track rear on a Plymouth work? It just does. Then you've come to the right place. So start your engines, buckle up, and get ready to ride. Drive Radio starts now on KLZ 560, The Source. All right, it is Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Myself, Josh Goff, Legacy Automotive and Ridgeline Auto Brokers in Boulder. We'll talk about that here shortly. Larry Unger, of course, answering phones. Charlie Grimes, your engineer. Steve, who hung on over the uh, top of the hour break there from Fix It Radio. Steve, we'll just keep going. Go ahead, man. Talk talk to us. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Good. How are you, Steve? Excellent. I'm glad you had a good trip. I did. I am it's great. A, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of cheap, elegant solutions on a garage door issue. I swear the bad actors, they must practice standing in the back of a pickup truck, sliding that coat hanger in to hit that emergency release. Yep. But better than vice grips, I found, because then it's something else to remember or forget. True. Uh, my garage door guy, smart guy, puts a tie wrap on that emergency release that ties it so you cannot pull the handle. And disconnect the system. Okay, it might cost ten cents, and the only time you're ever going to have to disable it is obviously if you lose power and need the emergency. You can pull on it real hard, or hit it with a set of dice, yeah. and you're good to go. Good point. But it was such a great, elegant solution. I talked to this gal with the uh, local TV station on Consumer Reports, and she says, "That's great. Can I be up there this afternoon with a producer?" And I go, "Well, let me call him. It's his idea." But I, I think that's a great idea. No, that, that is. Wrap. And, and for, you know, I should have mentioned this last hour as well, but this really does go into drive radio. A lot of folks have, of course, garages, garage doors, cars, and so on. The other thing with a garage door, where if you're worried about your comment a moment ago about it, well, the only time you ever have to worry about you know pulling that down is if the power goes out. There are now, and they're not that much money, garage door openers that are all Wi-Fi capable. You can open them, shut them with your phone if you want to, and they've got a battery backup, Steve, where if even the power goes out, the door still opens and shuts. Mm-hmm. That's I thought have. it was a cheap, elegant, 10-cent solution. Yep. And, and then uh, kind of an FYI for people, not sure if this applies to too many areas in Denver, but if not, it probably will, that we've had this operation here where they're doing computerized drilling to put in uh, two fiber optic lines for gig speed yeah. Wi-Fi. Yeah. And the couple problems with it. I'm a, not a fan of government competing and establishing businesses. So what's happened is utilities, which is a public-owned utility, ratepayers, it's not uh, not privately owned. Anyway, they are paying for the drilling, and because I got a corner lot, they, there were two fiber optic lines going in. But the problem is, when I was talking to the utilities guy, marking the power and water and whatnot, I said, uh, you know, we've already had one house where they drilled into the sprinkler system, and I go, there's a geyser shooting out of there. And he said, oh, yeah, we've already done half a million dollars in repairs. And I go, huh. Problem being, most people have got their sprinkler system shut down right now, and they're not going to know if they drilled into a sprinkler line for probably some time. So just to make people aware. Good point. But this is a this is a $500 million, five-year project, which to me is ridiculous because it's going to be obsolete within a year or two because uh, Elon Musk's Starlight Right. Satellite. Agree. 
anywhere on the planet. That's right. Except for, except for the one and a half billion people in China. They've made it very clear they don't want that. But uh, I'm just not a fan of government picking winners and losers and with, with uh, ratepayers' money. And uh, on a car question, what do you think is a reasonable cost to replace the axle seal on a C300? How, how much total? It's a big right. job. I mean, I I mean, even back in the day, uh, I mean, literally, Steve, 20 years ago, that was a five $600 job. I'm guessing it's double that today. Well, you'd be pretty close. It just seems to me 980 bucks is a lot for a $60 axle seal. But that's that's right. So the axle seal is not even that yeah. much. I mean, it's a very small part, but you've got to disassemble literally the entire front end. And while you're doing that, you're going to want to... Pack wheel bearings, check the spindle bearings, check the ball joints while you're there. I mean, you literally have every single thing apart. You're going to look at everything at the same time. Anything needs done, you're going to do. It's not pressing. It's uh, is that grease inside there? Yep, it's ninety weight. Oil it. It's ninety weight. It's just grease, right? It's not. No, leaking it's, it's on ninety weight oil. Surface. It's not leaking on anything visible on a garage floor, but uh, just turned out. So it's running down the thing. tube. You can see it at the end of the tube now. Yeah, the picture is not that particularly good but there's just a small amount coming down the axle so okay i mean it will unfortunately on those it will do nothing but get worse um, one way to keep for a lot of you guys with the older four-wheel drives the one way to help with that was back in the day was either to, you know engage it manually into four-wheel drive occasionally or turn the hubs in occasionally which gets those seals you know moving and lubricated and so on gets the axles moving otherwise the axles just sit there i figure we'll do it next oil change but yeah, price-wise, I'm getting yeah. Like I said, you know, even back in the day, it was, you know, six hundred bucks or so. So yeah, I, I don't think that's far off, knowing what inflation has done, labor rates, and so on. Very good. Have a great day, John. Okay, appreciate it, Steve, very much. And what for everybody listening, just to make sure that they're following along on the older straight axle pickup trucks, which there's still some straight axle trucks running around today. Uh, you know, Ford and and uh, Dodge, both Ram, I guess I should say. The way they seal the axles up is not at the outer ends. and Well, it depends on if there's a disconnect system, it might be on the outer end. But they're not all the way at the end of the tube like everybody would think. They're typically the, the oil is only in that center pumpkin area, that center differential area only. The seals are literally pounded from the inside of the housing out to, to, you know, to get the seal in. So you literally... What we used to do is it was took two people roughly to do it because it was the easiest way to do it is you took a really long extension and the right seal installer and one guy was at the end. The other guy was inside lining the seal up and you put the seal in down the tube is how you did that to get the best way. You know, I've seen guys try to pound them from inside the pumpkin and so on and never works. They never seal correctly. So the best thing to do is you have two guys doing it. And that's again, it's a, it's a very labor-intensive project, and even back in the day when you would do one of those a day almost, yeah, I mean, you got the point where you could really hammer them in and out, but again, you got to realize that you're taking the entire differential apart and the whole entire front ends. I mean, everything from, you get the, you got the knuckles all the way down to where everything is bare. The axles are slid out. You're going to look at your axle U-joints at the same time. I mean, you're literally doing everything, and if you're smart and anything is halfway bad at all, you're replacing it. Exactly. From spindle bearings to repacking everything to the U-joints, you know, the axle joints is what I should say. All of that you're looking at at one time. The hubs, I mean, Mm -hmm. literally everything is going to be gone through at the same time. And it was nothing, even back then, Steve, I say 600, that was the seal 
roughly the seal job alone. But even back then, it was nothing to spend twelve, fifteen hundred dollars on a front end when you're all said and done. Because yeah, you literally would do everything. Yeah, if you're in there, you're going to put diff bearings in, and usually find a pitman or idler because you're pulling. You're doing everything. Part of it down to correct get to, to get, get the covers apart, and get the cover it, off. Yeah, to get the get the axle <laughs> or to get the diff out. You know, all of that. Yeah. So yeah, to your point, it, it's not a that's not a small job. No. And back in the day, and it's probably still this way today, there were a lot of shops back in the day that if they didn't specialize in four-wheel drives, they didn't do them. They would send them to somebody like us, my shop, because we did a lot of that type of work. But there were a lot of regular shops back in the day that if it was leaking out of that front axle, they'd just recommend you take it someplace else to do that because they wouldn't do it. More so nowadays. Nobody knows how to set up a diff. No one does. That's a whole that, – that's a, that's a lost art form. And I say yeah. art because there are – uh, I've been talking to somebody about this of late, somebody I've been consulting with. And, yeah, setting up differentials. If if you've never been taught how to do it properly, and I've even seen guys online, just, just a side note, I've seen guys online giving quote-unquote instructions on how to set up differentials, and they're doing it wrong. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, it's wrong. And I'm not going to give anybody the secrets as to why I know they're doing it wrong because I just, no offense, don't want to give that out because to me that's some of the things that, that I've been taught over the years that's in my brain that I'm just not going to share with the entire world because, no offense, I just don't need to. If somebody wants to know specifically, then they can ask, and I'll help them figure that out. But there is the correct way to do things and an incorrect to do things, an incorrect way to do things. And even when doing brand-new gear installs and so on, uh, very few guys will tell you, I used to do this, but very few do today, very few even run in the gear set like you would break in an engine. Very few do that. And, and again, most of you guys listening are thinking, what in the world are you talking about? Even some of you guys that are setting up differentials, you know, or think you're setting up differentials correctly, are, are asking me, what, you, what in the world are you talking about? Well, I can tell you one thing. I was lucky. Not bragging, but because I was very lucky, very fortunate. I was taught how to set up differentials by old timers that did this back when we didn't even have the type of gear sets and things that we have today. So point being, they didn't have the product to work with we have today, which means it had to be even more dead accurate then than it does now. And if you can get it the way they, if you can set them up today the way they taught me, you'll never have a gear set fail unless somebody abuses it. Right. They'll, they'll literally run the life of the vehicle if you do it correctly. Mm-hmm. And I knock on wood, never had any issues with, with that end of things if it was all done correctly on the front side. But most, even most technicians, even most YouTube videos I've watched, they're not setting up the differential correctly. Sorry, yeah, they're just not. It's a lost art. It is, and it is, it is really an art. A lot like, you know, you'll watch some of the videos out there on how to do transmissions or how to do a, uh, an engine overhaul and things like that. Again, they're just little things that I think... Technicians over the years learn. It sort of becomes a part of what you do, mm-hmm. and it's how you do things. And it doesn't mean that it's different or that it's, that it's wrong or that it's better than the next guy, but you get into your own routine of doing things. You know, For example, I'm a guy that when you're, when you're ever doing an a engine overhaul, I would never use a red rag to wipe anything down because yeah. <laughs> red rags have all sorts of stuff in them. Or a transmission rebuild. Or a transmission rebuilds. Also had to be careful of what type of paper you use. Now, one thing about paper that's not a problem versus the rag, the paper will dissolve. Yeah. You get a little piece of lint from a paper towel or something, 
honestly, guys, it's going to dissolve in whatever's in there and eventually get flushed out or get picked up by an oil filter or whatever. Not a huge deal. I'd much rather deal with a paper fiber than a red rag fiber. Mm-hmm. Or a piece of steel that came out of the red rag that you didn't know was there. Because right. keep in mind, people use red rags for all sorts of things. Yeah, so shop rags, I'm trying to say. You never wipe your face with the shop rag. Never. <laughs> ever. You're you learn real to, quick you're why. You're liable to cut it. Yeah you, just, yeah, you just don't do that. So, Eric, hang tight. We'll get into the differential stuff as well with you. So don't go anywhere. We'll come right back. Myself, Josh Goff, Legacy Automotive, and Ridgeline Auto Brokers in Boulder. This is Drive Radio, KLZ 560. With rates on the rise, how do you get the best rate? Take AIM, Affordable Interest Mortgage, 720-895-0500. Did you know that when you get cash out or your FICO score is below a 740 or you're financing a condo versus a single-family home, it will cost you more in rate and fees? Many lenders are charging more. Stop paying it. At Affordable Interest Mortgage, we have lenders that don't charge. Trying to purchase a second home or is your loan amount considered a high balance or jumbo? There they go again, charging you more. Take AIM. 720-895-0500. Let us show you a loan that doesn't charge more. Seeing a low rate but not reading the small print, only to realize all the extra costs and fees? Again, stop. Call 720-895-0500. Affordable interest mortgage. Quit paying fees and closing costs that are unnecessary. Get a low rate without all the extra costs. Let us show you how to save thousands. Call 720-895-0500 now. Affordable interest mortgage. 720-895-0500. Serving Coloradans for over 20 years. NMLS 298-191. Regulated by DORA. What's in a name? For Lone Tree Veterinary Medical Center, the name perfectly describes the -the state-of-the-art veterinary medical facility that we trust. Hey, this is Scott Watley, and for over 20 years, trust is why we have chosen Lone Tree Vet for all of our pet's medical needs. They provide a wide variety of medical and surgical services and utilize state-of-the-art methods, protocols, and technology. Whether your pet needs medical, dental, or surgical care, you can trust the medical team at Lone Tree Veterinary Medical Center. We all know that making the decision for our pets to have a medical or surgical procedure is not always an easy one, but at Lone Tree Veterinary Medical Center, they understand the hesitation and anxiety that accompany leaving a pet for any type of procedure. Whether it's a spay or neuter surgery, a laparoscopic surgery, or a complex orthopedic surgery, the professional team at Lone Tree Veterinary Medical Center is dedicated to making your pet feel comfortable and special. If your pet needs medical care, call 303-708-8050 today. That's 303-708-8050. And for more information, visit them online at LoneTreeVet.com. Here are the three C's of high performance in less than 60 seconds. Your engine piston rings must have good compression, which makes good combustion, which saves cash at the pump. But you lose compression when piston rings clog with carbon. Today's engines use low tension rings, which clog much easier, which lowers compression, combustion, and the amount of cash in your pocket with higher fuel cost and expensive repairs. This problem can be fixed as fast as your next oil change. The best service shops use a BG product that cleans the engine and accomplishes the three C's in just 15 minutes. It has three letters, E, P, 
EPR, as in engine performance restoration that cleans piston rings and restores compression, which increases and saves you. Find a shop with BG products BG. at bgfindashop.com. That's bgfindashop.com. So, at your next oil change, remember the three C's. You will find more of this in your engine and this in your pocket when you clean your engine with BG. Most of us think of the days when we'll be retired. Have you planned well enough to be able to do the things you love when that time comes? When will you take Social Security? Have you thought about health care during your retirement days? Will you stay in your current home or move to another part of the country or world? These are all questions out your financial future is to know what your future goals are. You don't want to be that person that tries to retire only to find themselves back at work because there wasn't enough money to handle all the expenses. Al will stress test your current plan, if you have one, and show what needs to be changed to make sure you achieve your financial goals. Al doesn't just help you with your financial goals either. He'll help you achieve your personal goals as well. That's Al's goal for all of his clients. He wants you to be financially free so you can achieve the things you've always wanted to do. Call Al Smith today at 303-744-1128 or visit our website, drive-radio.com. Have you been thinking about a new pair of glasses? Maybe some prescription sunglasses? Well, look no further than Stack Optical. Since 1968, yes, you heard me right. Since 1968, Stack Optical has been providing the most comprehensive quality ocular care for their patients. This family-owned business is proud to be one of the few optical offices that has their own on-site eyeglass production and eyeglass repair studio. Stack Optical, located at 2233 South Monaco Parkway, features the most extensive lines of eyeglass frames, sunglasses, and contact lenses to ensure that you love your appearance and experience superior comfort. Our comprehensive eye exams proactively diagnose eye conditions and diseases while providing the most accurate vision care. We welcome you to experience a lifetime of superior ocular care from doctors that are devoted to your eye health. Call now for your $69 eye exam, 303-321-1578. At Stack Optical, you'll see the difference. Have you ever thought about owning a classic car, hot rod, older truck, or an out-of-the-norm vehicle? Worldwide Vintage Autos is the place to go for all your vintage car and truck needs. With over 80,000 square feet of indoor showroom and warehouse space, they make the shopping experience easy. Every vehicle they sell is checked out by their own staff and is verified as a roadworthy vehicle, and this includes consignment vehicles. When you buy a vehicle from Worldwide, it's a vehicle you can safely drive home. They sell over 1,200 vehicles a year, and most of their inventory comes from people like you and me. If you want to eliminate the hassle of selling your vintage or unique vehicle, give them a call today. By the way, sign up today for the VIP list. They'll give you updates on all their new inventory that the general public doesn't see yet, and it's at a discounted price. Worldwide Vintage Autos. Don't let the name fool you. They sell worldwide, but their showroom is right here in Denver. Find them today at WorldwideVintageAutos.com or call 877-378-4679 and make sure you tell them John Rush from Drive Radio sent you. All right, we're back. Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Myself, Josh Goff, of course, from Legacy Automotive Ridgeline Auto Brokers in Boulder as well. So if you need a used car, Josh is your guy. Also, what question of the day before we get going again here? In honor of the 
SEMA show, which Josh and I went to, the Specialty Equipment Manufacturing Association, which is really all of the aftermarket, although the original equipment manufacturers are there as well. Not all of them. I'll get into that a little bit later. But question of the day. Favorite concept car ever or and or name the item that you've seen from the original equipment, you know, that that is now on most vehicles that came from the aftermarket. Which, by the way, there's a very long laundry list of those items. But name an item that you see today on cars, you know, OEM, that you know, in fact, came from the aftermarket because that's what this entire show that Josh and I were at is really all about. Eric in Denver is next. Eric, welcome. Hey, guys. Hey. hey. So, first off, I actually got to go to SEMA about 20 years ago. I have a customer that they're a light manufacturer, and they sell or they, you know, go to SEMA almost every year. Got it. And just by a fluke, I happened to be delivering one day, and we were they were prepping for SEMA, and I said something about it. And he says, well, it's too late this year, but if you want to go next year, you know, get with us like in June, and we'll get you on the on the list. But you got to pay your own way. Um, and, and I know if I join, if I become a just an individual member of SEMA, I can go, and I, I really need to because I really want to go back. That was that – was, uh, a once-in-a-lifetime experience. That was you actually so can fun. go, at least this year they did this, I don't know about next year, but you can actually go on Fridays now and just buy a $100 ticket and mm-hmm. go through the whole show. Oh. I guess I'll have to find out if they're doing and that. I think they're going to do that again year. next Maybe year. Fact, go they're going to try to expand some things next year, so more to come. I'll let you guys know as they yeah. announce different things. But, yeah, I think that's the plan again next year is to do the same thing. That, that would be cool, I think, for a lot of people, to, yeah. to, if you're in Vegas, to go. Cause, yeah. Yeah, it's... So much fun. But anyhow, regarding... It's a spectacle, by the way. It's a spectacle. It really is. It's a spectacle. Yeah, and and from where you were 20 years ago, Eric, it's like twice as big as it was then, maybe three times as big. Yeah, that's that's what I've heard. I I know two different companies, Denver-based companies, that were out there this year, and they've been posting pictures, and... uh, It's It's enormous. It's a lot of fun. It's enormous. Yeah. But but you were talking about setting up differentials. In, In the early 90s, when I had my Ram Charger... The used car lot that I bought it from, I said, well, I want to go get it checked out. And, uh, John, I think you remember the old Interstate 4x4. Oh, yeah. Uh, so I, I was good friends with them, took it down there, and they gave me a list of everything they could find wrong with it. And I went back to their, you know, help negotiate the price. And when I went back down there to have the differential rebuilt, they had just hired a new mechanic. And he he kind of scratched his head. He apparently misled them and had never rebuilt a differential before, mm. uh, you know, because they, they, I mean, they, I wanted to change the gears, but I didn't have the money to do it. But, I mean, they had to go through and replace everything, replace all the seals, all the axle joints, mm-hmm. everything. And, and, yeah, flat out, if you don't know what you're doing, setting up differentials, yeah, it's, you, you could really make it the situation worse, and you know somebody pay you fifteen hundred bucks to rebuild it, and now you've caused two thousand dollars damage because you screwed it up even worse. Or more, real quick. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and the thing is, is that's I mean, like I my frontier, I, I'm just starting to get a pinion seal. Uh, every once in a while, the pinion seal starts to weep a little bit. And yeah, Nissan's like, yeah, we'll do it. And I've talked to the one. Four by four shop that I deal with, yeah, they'll they'll do it, but the prices they quote me are higher than if I went to say Big O or some or you know someplace like that because those shops they're like oh yeah piece of cake we can do it and you ask them well have you you know 
have you ever done this before? Oh, no, a piece of cake. Well, there's a reason why that 4x4 shop charges so right. much mm-hmm. more because <laughs> they they know what they're doing. That's right. You know? That's right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's just one of those things that I really don't want to trust to an amateur. That, that that and rebuilding an engine, you just don't want to trust nope. to an amateur. You do not. Good you point. Know, you know, yeah, you, you really want to make sure somebody knows that's what right. they're doing. That's right. So. Good one. Anyhow. Eric, thanks. Anyhow, Good story. Appreciate thought. it. Yep. Appreciate it very much. Have a great afternoon. or It's still morning, I guess, but morning and afternoon. Bob and Thornton, you're next. Hi, John. Hey, glad to see you back. Hey, thanks, Bob. Um, let, me, uh, let me give you the... the uh, the options that uh, didn't appear uh, from the manufacturer, and people put them on first. And then I'll give you my technical question. Let's hear it. Okay, well, that, three things came to mind. I remember my father installing seat belts on a 61 Chevy because it didn't come from the factory. There's a good one. Yep. Through the floor pan. Uh, okay, remember the early headrest restraints? They clipped over the back of the seat. Mm-hmm. Well, those were safe. Yep. But... The one that uh, reminds me, my uh, ex-wife had a, uh, a fairly late model BMW, and it had no cup holders. And uh, <laughs> they they sold a kit that clipped onto the the, yep. the inside of the yep. door. Would, though, yeah. That was a there was a lot of cars back in the day, Bob, that had no cup holders. It mm-hmm. wasn't just BMW. Well, they were the they were the latest ones that I knew about. Well, they and, still don't uh, have I very remember, big ones because uh, the Germans the don't I, believe in drinking and driving. I guess. Uh, uh, cars are for driving, not for eating. It. There you go. Yeah, exactly. And Lee Iacocca, when he came out with the uh, minivan, he, uh, one of his minivans, he bragged there was 21. Oh, right. yeah, that, that was one of his big selling points. <laughs> You're right. You're correct. Yeah. All right. My technical question, I got a, uh, I, you know, I drive Uber, so I put a lot of miles on a car. I have a 2021 Chevy Trax with 102,000 miles on it. Okay. Yesterday afternoon, and I thought this was a fluke, but then it happened again this morning. Uh, it, uh, it went uh, no power, uh, decreased power, engine light on, uh, mm-hmm. Stabilitrack light on. Mm-hmm. It went in lint mode is what it did. Yeah. Uh, and the uh, other power uh, light was uh, low engine power. So, and, and that's, a, that's a scary thing because it, it just goes down to an idle. Mm-hmm. I shut it off, turned it back on. The the uh, start uh, the check engine light stayed on, but I've had that happen a time or two, and usually two or three starts, and that goes away, which it did. Then this morning, it happened again. Okay, so uh, it's a P twenty one thirty five, pretty common, and uh, I guess it has something to do with the throttle positioning switch or something like that. A throttle it, position it, sensor. Yeah, and it's probably the throttle body going out. It's drive by wire on mm-hmm. that car. So that's yeah. an electric motor. When you press the gas, of course, it doesn't pull the throttle cable or anything. It just right. tells it how much you're pressing the gas, and it opens that throttle plate with an electric motor. So uh-huh. it, usually, you know, especially with the mileage, it's probably the motor starting to get weak or the, the two sensors. So it has two throttle position sensors and then two, you know, sensors in the pedal. One of those sensors might be falling off from the other one. Right. And that's it is picking up a difference between the, the, the readings from one end to the other. Is yeah, what from it's one doing. sensor that's, that's to the other. That's why that code's going off. Yeah, and that's why there's two sensors in each one so that they can monitor each other all the back time. and forth. Exactly. Well, apparently, uh, General Motors makes a kit for the uh, switch so you don't have to uh, change out the whole throttle body. Yeah, uh, they, they do. You can pull it apart and it has like the nylon gears that actually run off the motor and, and the sensors and stuff. I don't know. It's six and one and half dozen. Put the a other. throttle body on and if you're going to do that. Yeah, it's that's an usually inter- what we do. Intermittent and 
It'll get worse, it will though, be. Bob. Yeah. Constant. Yeah, it's going to get worse. Eventually it will become constant, yeah. The thing that um, uh, I was intrigued with was it uh, lit the uh, track active thing, and I had just gone through a parking lot and a street that had a lot of uh, speed bumps. Mm-hmm. When that went off with those two other indicators, I thought maybe it had something to do with going over those speed bumps, the- quite a few of them. And, Oh, some of these places put them 20 yards Maybe. Apart. Hard to say. The, the reason for the stability light is because it uses that throttle plate to turn the engine power down when you start slipping. So whenever oh, I, there's a code in that has anything to do with, you know, the engine is not being able to control the amount of power on the engine, it sets uh-huh. the stability control light. So it just shuts the stability control off because it can't, you know, monitor the throttle plate anymore. Yeah. So it wasn't, uh, it wasn't for, like, dirty fuel or anything. I used uh, top-tier uh, 100% of the time, and I use the BG44K. And, and what I have had on that, though, when you do have it looked at if, by a mechanic, is I have had on the, at least on the 5.3s, they'll get the same code. And that was because the harness was actually start, had gotten bent so many times with so many miles that you would uh-huh. go over a bump and it would trip that light, but that was because the harness was actually breaking apart and you hit a speed bump hard enough and it would actually make that harness start to short out. So I would have them check the harness on that thing, too just because you have quite a few miles on it, and you went over speed bump at the same time. But that was one out of a 1,000 throttle plates that I've, you know, had to replace. Yeah. So you don't think it had anything to do with uh, a a lot of uh, speed bumps? No, it was probably actually, you know, when you go over speed bump, you let off the gas and you get back on the gas, and that was probably what did it. Because the throttle plate closed, you know, to go over the speed bump, and then you gave it a little throttle and opened, and then opened like it thought it should, and that's when it tripped the light. Okay. So is this a, a dealer fix then? No, no. Any, any repair shop should be able to deal with it. Go see Josh. You're in Thornton. Just run up to Boulder. Yeah, we can deal with it. You're driving around enough. Just do it all at the same time. <laughs> get an Uber ride over. There you go. I can't I can't use it for Uber while it, until I get this repaired. No, you can't. No. You need to get that handled. Okay. Well, thank you. You bet, Bob. No, appreciate it. And yeah, he's, you know, you're not that far from, from East Boulder. Just run on up and... Go see Josh. All right, any other questions, let us know. Again, question of the day. And i got a few that, were, that uh, have been texted in that I'll add to the list. But favorite concept car, doesn't matter whether it's now or of old. And why I brought that up is because Josh and I both saw the new Dodge Electric, so the EV Challenger, mm-hmm. which they actually showed through the demonstration process the sound that it makes, which, guys, really quick, I just have to say. The car's cool. It looks really cool. That part of it I like. But this whole let's make it sound like a car thing is just as hokey as it gets. I'm sorry. It is is hokey. And it sounds hokey. It doesn't sound real. So, you know, Dodge, it might be something where you're drawing some people in and you're getting them to pay attention to the vehicle and so on. But it is the cheesiest thing I think I've ever seen in my life. I'm sorry. It just is. What do you think, Josh? I think so, too. But I like to go fast quietly, too. So. Because there's nothing I hate Something more. Something about the sleeper thing is, you know. There's nothing I hate more than a car making a lot of noise and, and going, going slow. nowhere. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I hear you on that one. If you're going fast and making a lot of noise, I I like that. But when you're making a lot of noise and you're not going anywhere, and this should be ashamed. This, this particular car, oh, if they yeah. end up producing it, trust me, it's going to go places. That's that not an issue. It'll be fast. I I'm just not sold on the whole. Uh, let's make sound. And Josh and I've got something to add to that as well. That was at SEMA as well in regards to the whole noise thing that we'll get into in a moment but the you know what's your favorite concept car now or in the past doesn't matter and then also name an item that you see on most oem vehicles today that you know 
came from the aftermarket. I'll give you one more list or one more thing to add to the list that somebody texted in a moment ago, which was not on my list because this one, by the way, should have been pretty apparent. Tires and wheels. And what he means by that is fancy tires and wheels. At mm-hmm. one time, you got a steel wheel and a hubcap. That was it, yeah. And you might have had one option for an aluminum wheel that was ugly. Or wire spoke. Or wire spoked, exactly. Yeah. Now, you can go to most any vehicle and, you know, a new C8 Corvette, for example, there's about, mm, I don't know, eight different options on wheels you can put on that car. That was never heard of in the past, but it shows you some of the ideas they've taken from the aftermarket. That's what we're talking about. Give us those questions of the day, 303-477-5600. This is Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Napa know-how. A Napa guy knows that by the foot, there's no better ride than an old station wagon. Room for six people strapped to the roof. If you can parallel park that beast, you can park anything. And with some quality parts and a little Napa know-how, you can keep your land ship running longer, stronger. It's not obsolete. It's a rare treasure. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. Have an older furnace system? Noticing high energy bills, more breakdowns, are some rooms colder than you'd like? Upgrade to a modern high-efficiency furnace and you can reduce your heating usage by 20 to 40%. Less money spent heating your home and more money to spend doing the things that you enjoy most. Mention this ad and receive $250 off your upgrade to a high-efficiency furnace system. Call 720-442-8842 or visit driveradio.com today. That's 720-442-8842 or go to drive-radio.com for absolute electrical heating and air for quality and service beyond compare call absolute electrical heating and air if your engine doesn't leak oil but you have to add to it between oil changes where does the oil go the problem occurs when piston rings clog with carbon and then allow oil to blow by the pistons and burn in combustion chambers the best service shops use a bg product that cleans the engine in just 15 minutes find a shop with bg products at bgfindashop.com that's bgfindashop.com it will protect your engine and your pocketbook find a shop now go to bgfindashop.com you had no clue that your headlights were so dim until it started getting darker earlier and then you realized you could hardly see anything while you were driving home extreme auto repair will restore your headlights at a reasonable cost without replacing them just by clarifying the lens don't drive when it's that difficult for you to see the road because that means it's harder for others to see you too headlight restoration is more affordable than the alternatives such as replacement or a diy kit that takes forever and costs nearly as much only replace your headlights when you need to When Extreme is done, your headlights will be functionally comparable to a new car for a reasonable price. Keep yourself and others safe on the road and avoid getting a ticket by calling Extreme Auto Repair right now. Set up your headlight restoration and routine maintenance at 303-841-1071. That's 303-841-1071. Or you can write them a message at klzradio.com slash extreme. You want to protect your classic car in the event of an accident on the way to a car show or a surprise Colorado hailstorm, but you shouldn't insure your classic car the same way you'd insure your everyday vehicle. Paul Lanigro and his team at Group Insurance Analysts will get you the right coverage for your classic car. 
Just like with any other form of insurance, Paul and his team at GIA will shop the entire market at no extra charge, hunting for the right coverage at the best price. Remember, GIA works for you, not a specific insurance company, so they have more options. Unlike other forms of insurance, though, you should not insure your classic car based on cash value. You've put a lot of work into that car, so the real value far exceeds the book price. GIA will make sure your vehicle is insured up to a stated value to protect your investment. Get the right insurance from GIA. Call 303-423-0162. All right, Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Thanks for joining us today. I do appreciate it very much. And Josh and I will do some more recap of the SEMA show that we were at in Las Vegas. That's the Specialty Equipment Manufacturing Association. Think of the second only to the Consumer Electronics Show in Las Vegas. It is the largest show. Now, it actually, square footage-wise, is probably equal to CES. Maybe not quite. Attendance isn't quite the same as CES because it just doesn't quite have the same, you know, draw as a consumer electronics show does. Although they're doing some expansion plans for next year with the SEMA show, where I would venture to guess it will be in the not too distant future the largest show in Las Vegas. If you think of all the trade shows that are in and out of Las Vegas, and then think of this being the currently second largest show, and it is the largest automotive show of its kind anywhere in the world, it literally has just about anything you can think of there. And if you put Apex in, it is it is bigger. The biggest. Yeah, it is bigger. An Apex for all of you listening is the hard part side. So you hear us talk a lot about Napa and even the parts we were just mentioning to Bob a moment ago. Those are all the types of parts and things you can go over to Apex and see. It's mm-hmm. more of the original equipment part side. It's everything from starters, alternators, batteries, wiper blades, and the like. It's all there. Yep. And SEMA is all of more of the the, tr- the the fun side. Right, the fun side. The, the other is the, is the moneymaker side, and, and the SEMA is the fun side, I guess, probably the better way to say that. But what I enjoyed about Apex is they had all the international companies there. They do. China had a bunch, India. Korea, they're Korea, all there they as were well. all there, and it's just interesting to go down and kind of see how, how what they're selling, doing. what they're thinking over That's there. That's right. That's right. So anyways, they're, they're, you combine all of that, and yes, it, it is, in fact, the largest. So we'll talk more about that as we go through the show. Mike and Aurora, you're next. Yeah, the uh, only concept car I can think of, and I don't know if it remained a concept car, was the Porsche 969. It's a twin-turbo, all-wheel drive, their first effort at mm-hmm. four-wheel, all-wheel drive. 929? 969. 969. I'm not a Porsche guy, so i got to look. And yeah. you say that yeah. was... Because they actually did build that car, so they must have... Yeah, limited... Yeah, it must have, yeah, out. it was limited. Yeah, you're right. It was a, it was a limited, but it that one was the one that one of the first that couldn't come to the states. Ah, because it was a hot seller yeah. and everybody wanted it and they always okay. wanted the states, but they wouldn't do the crash ratings for us. You know, the ugly bumpers that we used to do back in the the 70s and 80s. So, okay, it was that's one of those, That's a good example, was, by the yeah. way. That's a perfect example, Mike. It's pretty unusual. Design for the time, the closest thing you came to was the Mitsubishi 3000 GT ZR4, True. which was a twin, yeah, a twin turbo four wheel all wheel drive. That was in 1988. Uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Based on the body styling of the 911, that's a car I'm not familiar with. So thank you for that. I'll, I'll read up on that. I did not know that car. 
yeah, I, I can't, gosh, I can't remember. That. Oh, I'm like, kind of ahead of its time, wrong. actually, in looks, too. Oh, very, yeah, very yeah. much so. Yeah. yeah. Okay, that's all I had. No, that's perfect, Mike. Appreciate it very much. All right, so going back to the SEMA show, Josh and I have a couple of minutes here. We don't have calls. By the way, call us. We'll we'll answer any question. It doesn't have to be on the question of the day. Literally, if you've got a question, we'll answer it, 303-477-5600. But SEMA, again, they've got kind of a little bit of everything. Mm -hmm. And and a lot of, I'll just say it, there's a lot of nonsense as well. I mean, there's there's just, there's a lot going on there. There was a lot. Yeah. So what were some of the things I said a moment ago as we were going to break that we would also talk about one of the things which I, I don't know that I can ever get into this, guys. There are now companies. I didn't see these. Josh did. I didn't take the time to go look. Josh did. If you've got an electric vehicle and you want it to sound like a regular car, mm-hmm. you can add speakers outside and it will, it will you know, work off the accelerator pedal. Yep. And so on to where it sounds like you're driving a real car. To me, that's just the ultimate cheese. Yeah, I don't. Sorry. I don't understand it, but. I, I mean, I'm sure they'll sell some. Some people will like that. I'm sure they're, yeah, they're probably selling a lot of them. I I don't understand it. <laughs> I don't get it. But, you know, by. So, so real, real quick question on that. Is it like everything built into just the speaker and where do you put the speaker and all that? What's the it, plan it for that? It on what you want it, you know. Like, you know, you could kind of put it back in the back so sound like exhaust or you know you could hide it wherever you want and they would take the vss the vehicle speed sensor and calculate the sound off of that (laughs) all right but you know by law you know if you have an ev or a hybrid that doesn't start up and run they all have to have those speakers you know i don't know if you've been around the rav4s that sound like a spaceship yeah they have to make some sort of they have to make my bolt does yeah even my jeep does yeah it's got a it's got kind of a war sound to it or mine does. does it just it's just got this you, you know that it's there. You know it's not supposed to be making any noise, but it is just so people are aware that you're around. Right. It's for the blind and, you know, any other people that, that might, well, even folks that might be, I don't know, just not paying attention. It's, it's there to, you know, alert people that you're there. Right. I will exactly. say this. It's one thing about driving an electric car that I've really had to pay more attention to is when you are in a parking lot. Because it's not that noisy. The type of noises we're talking about are not that loud. If you're near a street or there's other noises going on, it, the chances of them hearing you is pretty slim because there's no noise literally whatsoever. So one thing I've, I have noticed about driving an electric vehicle is you as a driver have to be a lot more aware, especially when you're in parking lots and things like that, because people do not know you're there. No, they don't. They're clueless. They're, they really are. Now, I, I know they can have headphones in and be in the cell phones and so on and be clueless anyways, but it's worse with an EV because yeah. they just don't see – they don't know you're there. Yeah, but when you get the new Hummer EV, I mean, that thing's so huge. How are you going to miss that? There's a couple of those at SEMA show <laughs> there as was, well. Did those you see things, the one to get on yes, the repair rack? Those things yeah. are huge. It is. Un- it is the largest EV right now that I know of that is made. It's got a battery that weighs nine thousand pounds. Yeah, and the first eight hundred volts. And eight hundred volts. Because two four hundreds, and then it runs on the eight hundred. So it's the first of the eight hundred in production. Quote unquote. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, all right, we'll be back. We got more to talk about as well. Any questions you've got for us? Three zero three four seven seven fifty six hundred. This is Drive Radio KLZ five sixty.
Your roof is one of the most important parts of your home and yet is one of the most neglected. We all tend to think it'll last forever without any maintenance or repairs until a hail or windstorm comes around and does damage to your roof. The problem with that mentality is it's wrong. Do you know that RoofMax is a product that can rejuvenate your roof and give you up to five to seven years of additional life? Do you know that the application can be done more than once so that the life of your roof can be extended for up to 15 years? The reason shingles break with wind and hail is because they're dried out and brittle. RoofMax is an organic product that rejuvenates your asphalt shingles, making them more flexible and durable at the same time. Call Dave Hart today and get your roof inspected. It's a no-obligation inspection that will tell you what condition your roof is in and what can be done to extend the life of your roof, which, in the end, saves you money. Call Dave Hart at 303-710-6916 or visit our website, fixitradio.com or drive-radio.com. At Napa, we're always trying to make the great parts we sell even better. From the bacteria-killing surface on our cabin air filters to our revolutionary new Adaptive One brakes. And every Napa part is covered by a warranty good at any of our 6,000 Napa Auto Parts stores. Yeah, maybe you don't get this at your average auto parts store, but we've spent the last 80 years making sure we were anything but average. Go to NapaOnline.com for a location nearest you. Napa, get the good stuff. You're driving down the road and out of nowhere comes a bang. A huge rock just hit your windshield and now you have a star in your windshield. We all know the chip can be fixed, but who is the best? Who has the best resins that keep developing them to work with the newest windshields? That would be Novus Autoglass. Novus, which is the Latin word for innovate, invented windshield repair in 1972 and it still leads the industry in cutting edge technology. Backed by more patents than any other repair and replacement company, while other glass repair services offer limited warranties, or worse, none at all. You can trust the original Novus Pros to stand behind their work with a full refund that you can use towards a windshield replacement for the life of your windshield. Find a Novus location near you by going to our website, drive-radio.com. Just click on the Novus link. That's Novus Autoglass, a proud sponsor of Drive Radio. Top auto manufacturers admit that today's high-tech engines on average can use a quart of oil every thousand miles. Why? To meet the government's fuel economy mandates, they use the faster-moving low-tension piston rings that can clog quickly, reducing power, causing poor fuel economy. The performance oil service from BG Products cleans piston rings and restores the fuel system. And it's backed up with lifetime protection for the engine. Ask your service advisor about the BG Performance Oil Service or go to BGFindashop.com. That's BGFindashop.com. You are responsible for making sure that you are properly insured, but you're not alone. While Paul Lewinberger believes in personal accountability, he wants to make sure he's setting you up for success as your home and auto insurance agent. Paul will teach you about how you can save money on your premium while being fully covered in case of a loss. Your insurance should be for emergencies, not petty cosmetic issues. Insurance is not a coupon, your bank account, or for maintenance. Paul Lewinberger will tell you that your insurance is for emergencies. And when you work with Paul, you'll be rewarded for your diligence. Ask him about their incentivizing rebate program. Take a higher deductible and take responsibility. It's just one of the ways they can afford to keep their rates low. Take control of your life. Take responsibility for your insurance coverage. Call Paul Lewinberger with American National Insurance now at 303-662-0789. That's 303-662-0789. 
All right, really quick. Charlie asked me a question about Vegas in general, so I'll go ahead and lay this out there. Different. Now, I haven't been for several years because of, you know, not only COVID, but just different things. I hadn't been to SEMA since 2016. That was my last year. So back this year, which I'm glad I was, and I'll, I'll go again next year. Well worth going. One thing about Vegas, which, again, I, I don't go to Vegas to, you know, relax. It's just not my thing. I'm not a gambler. Don't gamble at all. I, I know nothing about playing the tables or anything. It's just not me. I'm just not that guy. But one thing I will tell you that's even different from 2016, no change. Mm-hmm. No coin is what I mean to say. So normally, you know, you go to at least in the areas I was in, the bigger hotels and so on that I was in on the Strip, there is no none of the slot machines where you hear the ding, 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 and, you know, the, the coin coming out the bottom. Everything is digital. Everything's electronic. The machines are much quieter than they were once before. I mean, it used to be, you know, you went into the casino and it was just blaring loud, not from the people so much as it was the machines and all of the gambling and activity and so on. Not not so much anymore at all. In fact, no, even cool. on a busy casino floor, it was relatively quiet, which I was actually surprised at. I was expecting it to be like the old days where it was super noisy mm-hmm. and you hear all these machines going and people pulling levers and so on. No, people sit in front of what really looks like this gigantic you know, flat screen TV turned sideways That's it. that curves. So the bottom is kind of where you start your play, and then the the screen just curves on up, and all of your stuff is in front of you, and they're they're like ten feet tall, and I'm not exaggerating on how tall the machines are, and it's all one big, huge, gigantic screen display of whatever the game is you're playing. Yeah, right. That's it. That's it. And that and that's the modernization of the quote unquote slot machine or poker machine or whatever you're playing. And now they've also got these weird. Uh, you can bet on a horse race that's digital, kind of. I mean, not digital, <laughs> yeah. but they've got these cheesy plastic horses that are going around this track that everybody sits against, and you bet on this horse race. It's not even a horse race. I, I, first of all, gambling, I don't understand. It's like I work really hard for my money. The chance of you winning is slim because they didn't build Vegas on winners. They right. built it on losers. Exactly. So I, I'm not a gambler, so I don't understand half the games at all. I'm that guy. Sorry, very naive when it comes to a lot of that. Yeah, you and me are the same. I do, not, I do not know anything about any of that. We I both, just, well, I walk by and just watch. Right, we go to Vegas for conventions and work Correct. most of the time. Correct, <laughs> and I, I just kind of look around in awe of everything going on. Anyways, that's that's Vegas. It's def, different, definitely different than it used to be. In fact, one last thing. Used to be you'd see the cocktail waitresses. They were like everywhere feeding everybody drinks. They're playing on the machines and so on. Didn't see her near as many mm-hmm. of those. As what you normally would see. And that's what I've noticed after COVID, because I've been twice this year with the okay. Napa Convention. Right, you went twice, SEMA. right. And last time I was 2016 was the time I was out there. Okay, so same so as me. they're down and smoking, even though you can still smoke in a lot of them, is down compared Way down. after COVID compared to before. Right. Because it used to be, you know, I don't, I no, can't take like, that, so. You'd have, yeah, you'd have yeah, to I'd run through there real yeah, quick. you'd have to, like, swim through. Because, you know, you can't get out of any place in there without walking through two of the casinos Correct. as part of the hotel. Correct. So. Correct. No, it, definitely different. So the, the aura of the the town or the vibe of the town, I think, is definitely different than when it's, the last time I was there. Yeah, it just feels calmer. It is calmer. Before. Yeah, but the uh, good way to put it. Yeah. Yes, much calmer. Yeah, yeah, good way to put it. Randy in Kansas, what's going on? Hey, I had a couple of questions for you, John, real quick. Yes. Uh, on that MOA BG product, uh, I got my oil changed about a month ago. Is, it, is that a little bit? Supposed to do it right at that time, or you put it in I, now if I you want. It or am, I still, am I I'm still okay. Sure. Mm-hmm. All right. And I think I probably asked you before, but I mean, I'm right on the money. No oil leaks whatsoever. So is that that 
12 or 15 ounce can going to put me with any problems or none at all? No. No, no problems so at all. I'm right on. Just don't want to fill it, overfill it. Okay. Oh, uh, quickly on the training for that 99 Jeep Cherokee XJ, I'm sure they make more than one, but as far as it comes to labor and all, is it cheaper for me to have mine, you know, yanked out, which cost, put back in, which cost, and then rebuild it, which cost, or just see if I can get a remanufactured, rebuilt, whatever, and just have them yank it out and put it in? Which mm. which way do you think would, would save me a few bucks? Is it an automatic or a manual? Uh, automatic. Overdrive. It might be hard I'm just thinking, on, on a 99 Jeep Cherokee. It might be hard to find one right now. That's what we've had issues with a few just trying to get a transmission. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's got 20 years. Yeah. But I didn't. I, I just figure if they take it out, labor, put it in labor, versus doing both of that plus rebuild it. Right. Uh, but my hardest part would probably be trying to find one, I right. guess. Yeah. We've had a lot of trouble trying okay. to find the Jeep Cherokee well, transmissions. Have to do some research on that. Uh, okay. Have a okay. great weekend, guys. You bet, Randy. You do Bye. the same. Appreciate you joining us. 303-477-5600. Question of the day, favorite concept car of the past or even current, whatever whatever you want to do there. And then on top of that, what's a aftermarket product that you now see on a lot of factory-made vehicles? Probably the best way for me to say it. So I got a few that have even been emailed or you know texted in. This last one, which I didn't have on my list. Good one, by the way. Exhaust. Not just the tips and how they looked, but even the sound and what they do. You know, used to be you'd take a vehicle, you'd go out, you'd put a set of you know thrush you know mufflers or cherry bombs or Flowmaster or whatever. Now you can get, in a lot of cases, especially on performance cars, they're already there. Right. I mean, and, and tuned, what I call a tuned exhaust. Where tuned you're, to that you're car. You're kind of going for a note, not just flow, but you're kind of going for a certain sound out Correct. of that. Some of them even have the ability to change my... My 392 V8 Wrangler has this. You can actually change whether you want the exhaust to be loud mm-hmm. or whether you want it to be quiet. Right. And there's a button on the dash I can push if I want it to sound loud and open or if I want it to be nice and quiet. And that came out of the, the aftermarket. Correct. You know? We used to put those cutoffs on, and you had a little yep. remote control. And a little button. They'd open up. and So, again, or, that's another item that came in from the aftermarket. Yeah. Somebody else just said aluminum intake manifolds. Yes, back in the day, there was a few of the factory... You know, Ford, Chevy, even Chrysler that was doing some factory intake, you know, aluminum intake manifolds. But now uh, that's, well, it's either that or composite now. Yeah, mostly composite. They're not even aluminum anymore. They're, right. they're composite now. Um, superchargers, I will also say this. That's not, it wasn't on my list, but I just thought of it with the intake manifolds. Used to be the first really production supercharged vehicle outside of Mercedes and some of their AMG stuff, which even kind of came along in the same era, was Buick and their three eights. Mm-hmm. They did the they did the you know the supercharger, regular roots type supercharger, Eaton supercharger on some of those uh, Buick thirty eight hundreds, which they ran really well, by the way. And since then, there's a lot of superchargers that are now used from the factory on a lot of the. And of course, they're performance cars typically, but they're pretty much now widespread throughout the gamut not just on the mercedes amg side but in a lot of places right jaguars you pretty much can't go down the get list a jaguar that doesn't have a supercharger on it now yeah and, and again there's a lot of manufacturers now that are using some form of supercharger even some of the smaller four-cylinder vehicles there's some of those that are supercharged and again it's run the gamut so that's another area where at one time if you want to do a supercharger you went to the aftermarket and did it 
you know, all the way back in the late 80s and 90s, that was all driven on the aftermarket side. And really where that came from, superchargers, just everybody knows where they were invented. Most people don't know this. Those came from the Detroit two-stroke diesels back in the day because the only way they could make those diesels hold their compression was with a supercharger on top because it was a two-stroke engine. So they were turbocharged and supercharged. The hot rodders would then take that supercharger, modify it, change it, put it on top of a small-block Chevy, big-block Chevy, Oldsmobile, Buick, Chrysler, you name it. They would modify that. That's where the roots-type blowers came from, and it was the... You know, 371, 471, 671, 871. That was the cylinders of the diesel engine that they came off of is where that number came from. And displacement. So the first number is like a 671. So six cylinders, 71 cubic inch per cylinder. There you go. That's right. And that's that's always funny because they always called a 671 supercharger. But if you know Detroit's, that disseminates what the motor is. That's right. So again, now that in a way came from the factory got modified by the aftermarket right and then came back into production on the gas engine end of it through the aftermarket but originally that was designed for the diesel world that's where that came from 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 the very very get-go some of your old diesel guys will know exactly what i'm talking about a lot of car guys today that are younger have no idea what i just said a two-stroke diesel what's that Uh, they were one of the dirtiest but best running detroit diesels that they ever made. They would flat scream, and they made a ton of horsepower and worked extremely well. They were just dirty. So, yeah. all right, two more hours coming your way. We'll be right back at the top of the hour here, so don't go anywhere. Drive Radio, myself, Josh Goff, uh, Josh Goff as well from Legacy Automotive up in Boulder. We'll be right back. This is Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Still haven't had enough? Go to drive-radio.com. Email your questions and comments. Download previous programs and find lots of useful information, including your nearest Colorado Select Auto Care Center. That's drive-radio.com. Thanks for listening to Drive Radio, sponsored by the member shops of Colorado Select Auto Care Centers on KLZ 560.